am here with Alyssa Walker, our special guest for today. Alyssa is currently playing for EFK Kalmar in the top division in Sweden. Um, welcome. And why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you ended up in Sweden? Thank you. Thank you. It's good to be here. Um, well, as Paige said, my name is Alyssa Walker. I kind of have a long story from coming from undergrad and things like that so we won't go into like too much detail but basically I played my grad year at the University of Iowa in the Big Ten and after I concluded my final season um, I had a connection here with Aubrey Corder and uh, used that connection to get highlight and to get kind of noticed in that direction and um the coach was willing to take a chance on me here. And so basically that's like the short story of a very long story. That's how I'm here. It took a chance on me and here I am. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I mean, so far you've come into a bunch of games and scored a bunch of goals. So how do you feel? Like, I know you said that they took a chance on you. How does that feel to, to come in and like make an impact right away? Um, it's very encouraging because, you know, coming in here, like I didn't really know what the level was going to be like. I didn't know like, the amount of impact like I was going to be able to have but coming in and getting out on the field and getting an opportunity to score some goals and show that I belong here is really exciting it's thrilling um and you know it's just kind of like proving to myself and proving to the people around me that I do belong here and that it's good and that I'm gonna you know be able to offer a lot to this this club and offer a lot to the league itself yeah I agree I think that's great um, so you kind of do have an interesting story. Like you said, you didn't want to get into like the long version of it, but before you played at Iowa, you were playing at a much smaller school. How did you make that transition from the school you were at to Iowa? Yeah, so I, I started at the University of Richmond. I played my four years of undergrad there. And then I also had a fifth year because I had an injury and I played that fifth year also at the University of Richmond, but my fifth year was during COVID. So everybody got an extra year of eligibility. And with that extra year of eligibility, I had always had my like sights set on playing professionally. And uh, I just kind of like came to a, an agreement kind of with my coach at Richmond. It was just like, you know, like I, I want to play bigger. I want to do more. And with that extra year of eligibility, it just made more sense for both of us. Um, so he is the one who really like helped me like get to the next like level. And I, I still had the option to stay at Richmond if I wanted to, it was just a sense of like, he knew that that's like what was best for me. Um, and so I, when I entered the transfer portal, it was, which doesn't happen very often. And I'm very blessed that it did happen the way that it did, but it was nice because I was honestly just trying to see if anybody would bite. And Iowa happened to bite, which was really nice um, to get me over into that program. But then if I would have gotten to the transfer portal and nothing would have happened, it, it was nice having that safety net, knowing I could still stay at Richmond where I was comfortable. Um, but so that all happened, went to Iowa, made an impact over there, um, ended up making an all-conference team and being the leading goal scorer on the team. Um, which is another thing. It's a big like difference in level just between going from Richmond and Iowa. Right. Um, Richmond being a mid-major and then Iowa being one of the power five schools. So it was like another thing where like, I didn't know how I was going to like measure up 
with everybody and like being able to come in and make that impact as well. Um, that was just, I don't know. It was just exciting. Yeah. It's <laughs> like an underdog story. Yeah. It helped me like understand like myself as a player and like develop like more confidence as a player in general. So that's awesome. So you said that you knew you wanted to play pro. When did that kind of start? Like, did you know from a really young age you wanted to play pro or is that something that kind of came to fruition like later in your career? So I always had the idea in the back of my head, like I want to continue to play if I can. And I had a coach in college specifically that had connections in Finland. So I was like, okay, like, you know, like, let me just kind of like put it in my back pocket, see if like, you know, there's a potential of that happening. And then when I got injured, that was when I was really like, no, like I really want to, I don't want to, I'm not ready to give up. I'm not ready to stop playing. I'm not ready to give up soccer. And so when I was coming back into it and I realized like I was fine, I could still like keep going because coming back from my injury was an interesting route as it was. But, and then once I came back, I was like, okay, I'm not ready to give this up. So like, I need to do anything and everything that I can to become that player that can play at the professional level. So that was really, and that was my junior year of college. So that was really when I like put my head down and just started like really grinding and really focusing on that and developing my game. So how do you mentally prepare to move? Well, one move to a professional league and then also move to a country that you may have never been to before. You know, you don't know if they speak English, things like that. Um, that's a really great question. Um, For me, I'm a very like people person. I'm not necessarily a place person. So I think like places and like visiting places are very cool, but I always want to share that experience with other people. And so a good like introduction to that for me was moving from Richmond when I was very comfortable and like I like had all my friends and I had my, everything was just great in Richmond. And then I was like, well, let's move. So moving to Iowa and like settling down and Um, having to like relearn how to introduce myself into like a group and into a team and then also learning how to be more comfortable with myself and not necessarily you know be uncomfortable in the fact that I'm going to be by myself a lot more often Um, and so that was a good like introduction to coming to Sweden because again you have to like reintroduce yourself to a group and relearn how to communicate like with different players and how they play but it's not just on the field it's also off the field and me being such a social person it's like like really important for me to like understand how to make those connections from the beginning because I like that's something that like my mental health needs like (laughs) I need to be able to talk with people I need to be able to make connections um and so like coming out here, it's it's really just been that. And I think like the team has just made it so much easier. I don't know how it would be if um, I was in maybe like a different country. Like I know like you, like when you were playing Italy and you're like, there's no one speaks or spoke uh, English at all. Right. And obviously my English is getting weird being here, but <laughs> it's, <laughs> no it's no Swedish one... English now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But if, if no one like spoke English at all, like I don't know like how much more nervous that and like you know frustrating that would like be like for me. Um, or you know, if I like had to learn that language. So maybe that's like a experience for the future. But right. right now I'm kind of glad I didn't have to be like really like thrown into that right away. 
um, and that everybody's just made it like really, really easy. That's great. That's awesome. Yeah, it can be tricky when you're going to a country and people don't speak your language. So um, I get that for sure. So I think it for for anybody, Sweden's like such a great step because most people here speak English. So, but I mean, I didn't know that before I got here. I don't know if you already knew that. Well, you had Aubrey, so maybe she had like helped you out with that a little bit as well. Yeah, I had a little bit of an idea, but like, I don't know, even like the thing, uh, Aubrey and I didn't really talk like too much in um, college. So like our parents always like have been like close and like talking to, to each other about soccer. They're both like very involved. And so like, it was more so like hearing it like from them. And then like once Aubrey and I kind of like um, had that like friendship rekindled, you know, like we always followed each other's careers and like would talk to each other when it was like appropriate, but at the same time, it wasn't like all the time. So when she came- of course, yeah. Uh, yeah, when she came to Atlanta, she started saying some Swedish words. And even though everybody's like, oh, they speak English, like it's fine. And she started saying some Swedish words. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> Just nothing. <laughs> yeah. I was like, she said like, may talk. And I was like, what? What, <laughs> what did you say? And like, I thought it was the most complicated thing. And then like, she tells me what it means. And I'm like, oh, okay. And now I need to remember this. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, it's a process for sure. So um, you have quite an interesting condition called vitiligo, correct? Yes. So could you just kind of explain what that is and like how it affects you in your life? Uh, yeah, so I have vitiligo, which is an autoimmune disorder and it affects um, the appearance of, of the skin. So it affects how much melanin your body produces in certain areas. So, and I got it my, um, really going into college, the end of high school, the beginning of college. Um, and it was kind of just one of those things where I just woke up one day and then I, when the day before, like I felt like I had an even skin tone and then the next day it was like, it was like uneven. It's just like, I felt like I was looking into the mirror and seeing like a completely different person. So when I first got it, it was very like hard to like deal with, especially because there's nothing you can really do about it. It's just like something you just have to accept. Um, and even like going through like the process of trying to figure out if I could do anything. I was like very stressful. That like whole process was just in and of itself, just very a difficult introductory to the disorder that I have. Right. Um, so over time, I've really had to learn to accept it and learn to, I, I would say like relearn how to love myself mm -hmm. um, because of the fact that you look one way and then you go and look another way. And like, you know, appearance um, is something that we like acknowledge and see every day and like something that you always criticize yourself on. And so it was just, it was just relearning like how to approach those situations. Um, and then throughout, I like to connect it with soccer. And I do that because like, I think that um, any type of like physical appearance or anything that, um, you know, like makes you feel different or makes you feel like an outcast, it has an effect on your confidence. Mm -hmm. And like, I've always like said, confidence is one of the most important things to have as an athlete in general. But um, when you have something that 
contributes to your physical appearance or something that sets you like aside from what society considers normal, then it kind of becomes like more difficult to find your path and to exert your confidence in the way that makes you stand out as a player. Right. Um, and like, yeah, you know, like I'm, I'm sure you can attest to like having confidence on, on the game field is one of the most important things, mm -hmm. because if you don't have it, then like, you're just another like robot on the field, you know, like you're yeah. not able to really perform to the level that you want to perform at without like having your own, like your own confidence in like what you're doing and how you prepared and what you have to offer. So having any, like, like I said, like having any type of physical like appearance that is different that makes you question yourself and who you are can have a taint on your confidence as a person, but also your confidence as a player. Um, and so for me, it was kind of like, just like a learning process of trying to like, at first I just tried to ignore it and say like, okay, it is what it is. That's who I am. I know I'm a good soccer player, so I'm just going to keep playing soccer, but like mm -hmm. ignoring it wasn't the right idea either. It wasn't the right thing to do because then you just put it in the back seat and think that it's just going to go away. And those feelings are just going to go away. And I really feel like I came out of my shell again, like after my injury and accepting like who I was and understanding that I am like beautiful how I am and loving myself in that um, manner and it really contributed to my overall confidence of coming out to the field every day and understanding that like I am who I am and I love who I am and I love what I do right um yeah I guess that's like kind of a summary of no that's so great when I go with soccer <laughs> yeah no that's great like I don't know how important do you think like representation is because I don't know of any professional athletes that have vitiligo that that I could see and think oh that athlete is like a good like representation or role model for like younger girls that may have it like I don't know if you know of any that you may have looked at and said oh if she can do it and and be confident then I can do that too yeah. So I don't know any athletes, not like personally or not like heard of any. Um, I, when I was like first, like kind of like starting my journey, kind of finding, trying to find somebody to connect with. I think that's mm -hmm. also been like the hardest part is not necessarily having somebody to connect with of like hearing their story and hearing, you know, some of the things that they've like had to deal with or anything like that. Like most people, they only know Winnie Harlow. Right. In the, the model. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, but as far as like athletes, it's not, it's not really like put out there or people with vitiligo in general are not really like put out there. And so it's really hard to find that like community, find who you can relate to. And I remember I Googled it, I think maybe a year, a year and a half ago, just to see like, maybe, you know, maybe it's not just like a widespread thing, but maybe someone's out there and they have like mm -hmm. smaller like media coverage. And so I think it was at Mississippi State that there was a basketball player, a male basketball player who he had vitiligo and he was African-American. So for African-Americans, it's a lot more like prominent. Right. And so when you look at, when you looked him up, you could see like that he had the vitiligo on his face. For me, it's not like as noticeable, but like you can tell that I like mm -hmm. have it. Um, and his, he had like a message of like how, like he, 
viewed vitiligo and things like that. And he, you know, he wants to be, apparently he's really good also, which, <laughs> which is really cool. But yeah, um, and I think he, when I looked it up, he was planning on playing in the NBA or wanted to shoot to like play in the NBA. And if he does, I think that he would be the first, first player with vitiligo that plays in the NBA. I think maybe there's another one that has like maybe a small amount that's sure. Yeah. You know, they don't really talk about, but other than that, I like, I haven't heard of any like big, like athlete stories or anything like that, which I find is like, you know, I think it's important for like little kids to have somebody mm-hmm. to connect with. Cause there is like a lot of like kids that do like have it and they kind of just, they're like, Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> or, like even there's a lot of people who develop it in the same way that I developed it and they have to kind of navigate the way by themselves and it just makes it really difficult when you have like nobody that you can right no like representation or role model or something like that do you think that's something that you would be like interested in like being kind of because as of right now you're the first player I've ever played with or played against that I know of that has like playing professionally that has vitiligo so is that some like a role that you would feel comfortable stepping into being like kind of like I'm here if you know someone needed to reach out or you know, being like a representation of that in the pro women's pro football leagues? Yeah, I think it would be really cool to be like, I've always like thought, like, I don't necessarily want to be like, like the Winnie Harlow of, right. of Ligo, you know, like, I don't necessarily just want like recognition and be like, oh, that's the athlete with Vitiligo. But I do want to, in some form, and I've been like kind of thinking of like ways to do it, but in some form, create a community that people can come to. So as well as, so it's not just, you know, like me, people asking me questions, how this and this, but like how I can develop this community to where people can connect with each other. Yeah. Know that like that they're not alone. Cause even like me, just as a person, like take away like the athlete from it. Like, I don't know anybody really that has vitiligo and so take away the athlete in general, like right. I've met some people here and there that have vitiligo, but I've, I've never met anybody who has it like spread as much as I have. And so I think it would be like, like interesting and kind of cool to be able to like meet somebody else and be like, oh, like, you know, and like right. view it from an outsider's perspective, like how other people say that they view me. Um, so, yeah, I think like it would be, it would be great to create that community in some form, whether that's like on my social media or whether that's creating like some type of like, you know, Facebook group or something yeah. like that. Like that would be, I think that that would be really admiring. And I, it's something that I, in the future, like I hope to, I hope to bring to light, you know, hopefully if I continue to make my name yeah your tiktok following gets super big you'll get lots of <laughs> yeah. then i start don't you worry <laughs> yeah um so last thing do you have any like advice for either you know young girls who want to play pro or people who have vitiligo anything like just any advice that you would give mm. life advice i guess um for people who want to play professionally i think that one of the there's like two points especially like revolving around vitiligo or any any area of your life is you know like confidence is the most important thing and like when you are set apart from the pack confidence is the most important thing to have because everybody's going to be trying to take away from that confidence it's going to be harder to hold when everybody in 
it's it's kind of like a jealousy standpoint but it's also a standpoint it's like people want to beat you out people want to like always like take a step ahead and they they want to do better than what you're doing and you know like it it gets harder to hold that confidence but it's important to put your head down and just keep grinding keep grinding keep focusing and this is the second part keep focusing on the small details and a coach told me this once it was championship details and those are the little things the things that you do every day the things that you do with your diet with your sleep routine the things that you do the extra work that you do on the field the small details and the drills that you do um little things like in soccer, like little things like checking your shoulder, even when you're not in the field of play, like when you're just doing like passing mm-hmm. um, with people or um, little things like, um, wow, now I feel like it just went out, out of my brain, but just those like those little details yeah, that yeah. like don't mean anything. Those little details are the most important that are gonna continue to set you aside the pack focus back on the basics perfect the basics and it'll change your game as a player awesome well i see it every day Alyssa's working her ass off so one of the most confident positive people i've ever met oh my gosh Paige is pretty great too (laughs) hey this isn't to plug me this is to plug you right now so (laughs) yeah i know but hey also let's just like take note of the fact that Paige and I go against each other at practice because she's a defender and I'm a forward. So yeah, it's about each other better every wanna, day. Yeah. We're out there grinding, right? Well, thank yeah. you so much for taking your time. I really appreciate it. And um, obviously we have a game this weekend, so good luck to you and to the team and to everybody in the first game of the season and the rest of the season. I'm excited to watch you all season and be a part of it. And I'm sure everybody else is as well. Thanks. I'm excited to play alongside you. (laughs) We'll get it rolling. That's for sure.